Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Greetings, uh, Carl Welty here, the host for our weekly uh, podcast series, Being a Successful Leader. Um, the uh, podcast we have like every week, and it's from 15 to 30 minutes, uh, topics of interest on, on leadership. And uh, this is like the 35th, I think, episode. But uh, all the episodes revolve around what I call the three imperatives of uh, successful leadership. The first one is being a self-aware and successful, uh, self-aware and skillful leader. Leadership begins with you, and uh, you need to be self-aware and uh, skillful. Uh, then uh, we go outside you, and we take a look at uh, developing a sound strategy, both the identity of the organization or organizational entity, uh, why we exist and uh, what we stand for, and then also the direction, uh, where we going, what does it look like when we're there, and how we're going to get there, uh, vision, strategies, action. And then the third of the three is is developing a culture of commitment. You need uh, folks to rally around that sound strategy and, and move things forward. So the first one, again, is uh, being a self-aware and skillful leader. Second is a sound strategy. And the third is developing a culture of commitment. And by the way, you can catch uh, past episodes by going to uh, the uh, website that, that uh, produces these uh, podcasts for us, and that's webtalkradio.net, webtalkradio.net. Scroll over to channels, click on channels, go down to leadership in the workplace, and then click on my icon there, being a successful leader, and it show all the past episodes. You could click on any one of those uh, that you care to revisit or visit for the first time. Also, so I should mention my website, wealthy.com. Uh, click on leadership resources. You can find three books uh, that address each of these three leadership uh, imperatives that I just mentioned. And they're, they're a little uh, right up on each and then uh, how you can order them either through the uh, publisher or Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Okay, so those are resources for you. And it makes a nice combination to talk about things, maybe in a little abbreviated fashion, but then you have the resources to to get into more depth if you care to, and then have as an ongoing resource. All right. Today's episode uh, is what I call organization-wide delegation. The last episode, we concluded a four-part uh, mini-series uh, where I took a look at the and discussed with you the different approaches and options for your interaction as a leader with your organization and or your um, immediate reports. We looked at four approaches to management in general, and then we dove down to look at you and your interrelationship with your uh, uh, reports and took a look at three different uh, uh, options there, the directive option and collaborative option and delegative option. And then the last uh, episode of the four was looking at the, uh, the art of delegating, very, very important, and uh, looking at it as an investment and not just shucking off work. And the uh, had a nice process there for you, a checklist even, that can serve you very, very well in terms of uh, uh, doing this as a delegating as an investment and not just uh, getting rid of work. Okay, so today's little uh, corollary, if you will, on delegating. I, I take a look at a couple of structures and discuss that with you in terms of 
organization-wide delegation. This may be of interest to those of you who are going from a small organization to a kind of mid-sized organization, and you don't have that intimate uh, face-to-face and so forth, and maybe you're spread out over geographical area. And so we need to take a look at some structures uh, that may be useful to you in terms of delegating organization-wide and not face-to-face. For your larger organizations, you probably have something in place already that uh, parallels or or mimics what I'm going to talk about here. So, so those of you who uh, might be interested in these two constructs, they're they're one is a delegation of authority table, we'll call it delegation of authority table, and the second one is standard practices, delegation of authority table and standard practices. Uh, we'll take a look at uh, delegation of authority table first and. Uh, you can take notes on this. I don't have this in any of the books. Uh, so again, you can replay this, uh, if necessary to, uh, get a, get a grasp of what we're discussing here. Delegation of authority table. The purpose of this is to delineate and communicate authorities, uh, delegated to various organizational leader managers for recurring important activities. Delineate and communicate authorities, uh, delegated to various organizational leader managers for recurring important activities. Uh, the construct, uh, maybe you want to just, if you're interested in this, uh, take a note on a tablet here and, uh, uh, sketch this out, a, a, a table, if you will. The left hand column, you, you list major categories or subset activities. You're not going to do that now, but I mean, just to get the idea, if you want to go back to it and kind of think about it and then, and then, uh, begin to fill it out. So these are the uh, listing of major activities and, and and subset uh, uh, major categories and subset activities. I'll give you an example in a minute. And then across the top would be your your various organizational leader manager titles, uh, going from uh, right to left, uh, the, maybe the frontline managers and then middle managers and top-level managers, you know, whatever the uh, gradations are for you and your organization. So down the left-hand column is uh, categories and activities under categories, and across the top would be your uh, leader manager titles, uh, uh, for your different organizational levels going from maybe right to left, left being the, the higher level. In each cell then, uh, and, and again, I'll give you an example. Uh, you'll either specify monetary, uh, limits, you know, so many thousands of dollars or million dollars, whatever it might be, uh, under, under this amount, this, organization leader can do it over that amount, then we have to buck it up. Or another uh, possibility is, is description of authorities. Set of monetary authority limits to be description of authorities. For example, uh, recommend, approve, authorize, starting again from right to left. But let's say the frontline manager could recommend something. Uh, and then the approval would be then moving it up. Uh, approval means giving consent to something, giving consent. To, you could have several approvals and then authorize. You only have one authorization. That's the command authority, the final authority. So those three t- uh, labels serve very well. Uh, recommend authority, a- approve authority, uh, approval authority, or authorization authority. Uh, so those are the, those are the three that can serve you well in terms of specifying, uh, authorities when it's not a monetary limit. Okay, let's, let's look at an example, a brief example here, just to give you a feel for this, if it seems to fit what, uh, what you might need in your organization. Um, 
I'll just do a couple of uh, uh, decision categories and then some subset uh, activities there. Let's say this is an engineering construction organization, and I have two major categories here, uh, construction and personnel actions. There'll be, there'll be many more, you know, but I mean, just picking two. One was, you know, the nature of the business construction. The other is more of the human resource management part. So under construction, and I'm not going to go on and on here, uh, I have listed uh, new business, reconstruction, and maintenance, maybe three sub-activities of construction, new business construction, reconstruction, and maintenance. And then across the top, again, going from uh, front-level uh, line management uh, on the right uh, over to the uh, president on the left, I've got four categories there, four organizational levels. The one on the right would be construction supervisor, frontline manager, and then middle manager, construction superintendent, and then moving up to top uh, management, regional VP, and then president. So across the top, I've got uh, right to left, construction supervisor, construction superintendent, regional VP, and then president. And let's just say for a new business, uh, the uh, regional VP has authority a million dollars down. And anything over a million dollars, a million dollars plus, the president wants to authorize that. So authorization authority would be the regional VP, one million down, president, one million up. Okay, you get an idea there. That's the one with monetary limits. Let's take a look at one that we need to describe the authority. And personnel actions, I label this category. And underneath that, we could have such activities as constructive discipline, staffing levels, personnel selection, and time off. I mean, there'll be others, but these are maybe four typical kinds of activities. And again, using the same uh, titles of the organization uh, leader managers, construction supervisor, construction superintendent, regional VP, and president, will go from right to left. Constructive discipline, let's say that in this particular organization, uh, suspension pending investigation, the construction supervisor, frontline manager, uh, has that authority. And we'll talk about constructive discipline in one of the upcoming uh, episodes. And uh, you as a leader manager should be uh, versed in that uh, important activity. Hopefully you use sparingly, but you need to be up on that. Uh, so, uh, and every, every, uh, uh, supervisor, frontline manager, should have the authority to suspend pending investigation. Uh, something happens on the job, you just can't wait around, just get them off the property. Uh, and an oral reminder, let's say, uh, in terms of the constructive disciplinary process. And then we move to construction superintendent when, when it goes to a written reminder and maybe a dis, uh, decision-making leave. Or some call it time off. I like decision-making leave. Again, stay tuned for a future chapter on this episode. So those are the kind of the, the, the progressive steps in the uh, disciplinary process as we move up the line. And then discharge is reserved for the regional VP. So you can see as we go up progressive discipline, uh, the authority level moves up the organization chain. Let's say staffing levels at the const frontline manager construction supervisor recommends, the construction superintendent approves, and then the uh, regional VP authorizes. This would be the, the amount of, of positions allocated, uh, the amount of boxes on the org chart, you know, if we want to increase staffing levels or that sort of thing. Another one, personnel selection. Uh, the um, decision authority on this particular one is at all, all, all levels, depending on uh, 
you know, what, who's doing the selection here. They can, the frontline manager can have the authority, uh, for, for people reporting to him or her. And then the construction superintendent has authority, regional VP and president. So that's localized authority to be uh, capability to hire, make the decision. And then time off, I didn't specify that, but that would be another, another example for you. All right. So hopefully that's helpful if it, if it, if it resonates with you, if your organization has a need in that regard. Uh, requires some deliberation, and, and of course, you revise it and update it depending on the situation. So the second of my two uh, structures here are uh, constructs is what I call standard practices. Now, standard practices, the purpose of, of them is to delineate and communicate organizational policies, practices, and procedures related to common, important workflow decisions and methods. To delineate and communicate organizational policies, practices, and procedures related to common, important workflow decisions and methods. Let's define each of these. Policy I define as a top management guideline for decision-making. What's our policy on X or what's our policy on Y? We can, we can fluctuate a little bit, but generally what we, our approach is, is this or that. A practice is a recommended way of handling something, a practice of, of, uh, of returns or practice of time off or whatever. Uh, procedure is steps to follow in accomplishing a specific outcome. Okay, policy is top management guidelines for uh, decision-making practices, recommend a way of handling something, and a procedure is step-by-step -step how to accomplish something. And examples of different um, uh, standard practice uh, fodder, if you will, or categories would be, let's say, a new business procedure. Uh, uh, expense accounts, how we handle expense accounts. Uh, another one might be customer returns and refunds. Again, it may or may not fit your organization, but those are some typical examples. Now, the accountable leader, you know, whoever that person may be, a particular vice president or what have you, usually a functional leader, uh, would be uh, responsible, uh, accountable for that particular uh, standard practice, if you will, depending on the topic. Your, whatever organizational issue, organization you issues and keeps it updated would be the functional, you know, uh, uh, purpose could be the construction uh, vice president, uh, for construction things. It could be the human resource, uh, vice president for, uh, personnel actions. Uh, I guess you, you understand that. Okay. And then in each office, there would be a, a standard practice manual, uh, which would be updated and, uh, Somebody in charge of keeping that updated as new standard practices are issued or revised. Okay, so there you go. Standard practice and delegation of authority table. So again, that, that may not be of interest to all of you because you maybe have something like that already in the larger organizations. But in the smaller organizations and certainly those getting to be mid-sized, you probably need to think of something like that. Yet you can have organization-wide uh, process mechanism to delineate, communicate, and keep updated the different levels of authority with the different organization levels. Okay, so that concludes that. Um, preview, uh, next time we're gonna talk about, we're gonna shift from the inner, interpersonal uh, uh, decision-making with your, with your uh, reports and the organization in general and shift to uh, meetings. And I have a series of things there. The first one, we just, meetings in general. I call this meetings, damn meetings. <laughs> and the thing is that meetings aren't bad or good. They just are. In fact, it's a heck of a good way 
to communicate effectively in terms of you as a leader manager, but they have to be managed well. And we'll really get into that next time. And hopefully this you'll find very, very helpful and interesting. So that's it for now. In the meantime, you take care of yourself and we'll see you next time. <music>